the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's epistle makes a reference to the coming of Jesus and the end of this age. St. Paul describes the Corinthians as, quote, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse contains two of my favorite Greek words, apocalypse and telos. These are important words because they convey truths, truths about the end that are often misunderstood. The, quote, revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ is in Greek, literally, the apocalypse of our Lord Jesus Christ. We tend to think of an apocalypse in our usage as a destructive event. But an apocalypse, biblically, is a revelation, a thing that is hidden, being uncovered or made known. The epistle says that the Lord Jesus will, quote, confirm you to the end. This is literally confirm you to the telos. The word end in our language often conveys the sense of termination, the loss of things we care about, like it's all over. In contrast, the word telos emphasizes that the end is a purposeful conclusion, like the completion of a building or a journey that is finally reaching its destination. Thus, St. Paul is telling the Corinthians and us that Jesus himself will establish us in the faith so that when we reach the telos or completion of God's purposes in the great apocalypse or revelation of our Lord, we will stand blameless before God. And part of the apocalypse is that we will be revealed to be God's people. Now, the problem with talking about the last things can be summarized by the question, so what? There's work to do, the baby is crying, COVID has depleted savings, Unless there is some connection between the apocalypse and telos and life tomorrow, talk about the coming of Jesus will be relegated to the Bible prophecy radio channel, or it will simply be dismissed because we won't know quite what to do with it. The connection between the telos and tomorrow is rooted in a proper understanding of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven, or God, is at hand. At hand means near or even here. The kingdom of God is here now. But we also pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We are also waiting for the kingdom. In some sense, it is not yet fully here. 
The key question is, how does what is here now relate to what is coming later? There are two errors about the relationship between the present and the future that can highlight the truth. The first error is to put too much emphasis on the way that the kingdom of God is present now in the church. This perspective holds that Jesus committed the kingdom of God to the church. The church is responsible for spreading the kingdom of God in the world by evangelizing the world and by working for God's peace and God's justice in the world. The telos can only be reached from this perspective by the labor of God's people in the world. The second error puts too much emphasis on the future. This perspective emphasizes that when Jesus comes again, he will judge the world in a manner that often sounds like Sherman's march to the sea. The mission of the church in this perspective is simply to save souls from this world for the future kingdom of God before this world is destroyed in judgment. Each of these two perspectives contains an aspect of the truth. The problem is that each viewpoint fails to hold the other in its proper and complementary tension. An aspect of the truth held and practiced with disregard for corresponding and even paradoxical aspects of truth becomes an error. The biblical perspective is that the kingdom of God is here, but not yet fully here. The kingdom has come in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Through the gift of the Spirit on Pentecost, the church is indeed the presence of the kingdom of God in the world. However, the Bible holds out no hope that the church can turn this world into the kingdom of God by its own efforts. The world can only be remade through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the only doorway to the resurrection and the new creation. The kingdom of God will fully come only in the apocalypse of our Lord Jesus Christ at the end of this age. The role of the church is one of witness. As Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, quote, You will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The vocation to be faithful witnesses balances the present and future aspects of the kingdom. We are called to be in the world as salt and light, working to evangelize and colonize the world that will one day be fully renewed by its maker. But we cannot be co-opted by the world and its attempt to build a new Tower of Babel apart from God 
and specifically apart from the cross. This world cannot be healed and perfected apart from the future apocalypse of the world's true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The connection between the apocalypse and the telos in daily life is the simple truth that every work done in Christ for the glory of God and for the good of others is a witness for the kingdom and has an eternal dimension to it. As 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, quote, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We eagerly wait for the apocalypse by practicing ordinary faithfulness in daily living using our gifts to glorify God and serve others, and leaving the temporal results of our work to God. This is the essence of faithful witness. The tension between the future and the present is experienced in the Eucharist. The Eucharist anticipates the telos. Christ comes to us now. Christ is revealed to us now. Time is fulfilled and completed in our union with Christ. We enter into the new creation through the cross. The Eucharist is an apocalypse. Jesus is revealed now. Thus, the Eucharist is a dress rehearsal for the telos and the apocalypse. We come as wise virgins, keeping our lamps burning as we wait for the veil of the sacrament to give way to the really real presence. After our experience of telos and apocalypse, we return to the world as witnesses for the kingdom of God. Jesus is our pattern and example. Revelation refers to him as, quote, the faithful and true witness. Today's gospel provides an example of what that witness looks like in a hostile world. Surrounded by his interrogators and accusers, Jesus emerged from the debate as one who is blameless. We are called to be faithful witnesses like him, resisting the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, neither compromising with the world nor running away from our share of the cross in the world. As Philippians 2.15 says, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights of the world. We maintain a proper balance between the present and the future through the life of prayer. Our experience of God's presence and kingdom through prayer in the community of the church fills us with a longing for the completion of our experience 
in the great apocalypse. And our current experience makes us witnesses of that experience for others. As 1 John says, quote, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. It turns out that these strange Greek words, apocalypse and telos, are very practical, for they give life its true sacramental meaning, and they give us our true vocation. We are signs of a kingdom that is here, but not yet fully here. We are witnesses who are, quote, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.